Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Sports Ball Podcast. Hopefully you are having a great Thursday. I know I am. Got a great show lined up for you today. We're looming ever so closer to WrestleMania. I can just feel the excitement build. That's a NFL action today. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. Talk a little more NBA. Even go ahead and talk a little bit about March Madness as well. Right? So, without further ado, let's get started on Kyler Murray and what's going on with his situation in Arizona. Right? This saga ended up taking a very, very public turn. This was on Monday. Right? Kyler Murray's agent, Eric Burkhart, ended up saying in a statement on Monday that the quarterback has sent out a detailed contract proposal to the Cardinals, and the statement noted that in order to consistently compete for championships, the franchise needs long-term stability, which is exactly what Kyler is offering. What is exactly what Kyler is offering. Now, after weeks of drama, the statement made two things clear. Murray is committed to remaining with the Cardinals long-term, and he desperately wants to win a Super Bowl. But by putting the Cardinals on a a get-a-deal-done option, Burkhead ended up saying that, or excuse me, Burkhardt ended up opting for the tactic that Cardinals general manager Steve Keim swore against during a ten year at ten years at the helm negotiating publicly. Now Kyler's unhappiness and frustration with the Cardinals ended up uh, resulting in an embarrassing blowout loss um, to the Los Angeles Rams in the wild card round. Mind you, the Cardinals struggled in the second half of the season for the second straight year as well. Uh, the, the Cardinals after that game, well, Murray after that game said that he believed that last season, which is when Arizona started seven and oh, and finished 11, 11 and six is considered a massive failure they ended up asking him what went wrong during the second half. And Murray said, quote, I wish I could tell you later. He was asked about the Cardinals need to be able to avoid, you know, going into a tailspin in the second half of the season. And go ahead and win in the playoffs, he said, you know, I think that's a thing that we're going to address moving forward. Now, Kyler hasn't spoken publicly since the Rams lost, but he did raise a lot of eyebrows when he ended up wiping his Instagram and all the references to the Arizona Cardinals on that Sunday of the Pro Bowl, which, by the way, he ended up playing in. So, Chris Mortensen, earlier in the month, um, earlier in February, excuse me, ended up reporting that Murray was frustrated with the franchise and was embarrassed by the team's playoff loss to the Rams and thinks that he is a scapegoat. Now, on the 14th of February, Murray ended up posting a photo of himself in a Cardinals uniform with the caption that said, I play this game for the love of it, my teammates, everyone who has helped me to get to this position that believed in me and to win championships. All of this nonsense is not what I'm about, never has been, never will be. Anyone who has ever stepped between those lines with me knows how hard I go. Love me or hate me, I'm going to grow and get better. So, Burkhardt ended up 
representing Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury as well. He didn't specify any specific details, but he did mention that Murray's proposal is, quote, in line with the current quarterback market and lowers the 2022-23 salary cap number to allow the Cardinals to re-sign other teammates and maybe even some other free agents. Now, during a radio interview on 98.7 Arizona Sports, Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell said that he talked with Murray on Thursday, Thursday last uh, last week, and ended up saying we've had good conversations. When you look at it, the window has just opened for a contract extension. Certainly, he's part of our long-term plan, right? This thing with Kyler Murray is just getting out of hand. But, you know, I, th- this past Sunday, Burkhart responded to a tweet about the possibility of Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers being worth $50 million a year, which was denied by Aaron. He said, quote, frankly, Rodgers is worth well more than $50 million per year. Announcers are now making $20 million a year to drive the game out of harm's way and just talk about QBs slash players. The Packers are a top seed contender with Aaron. What are they without him? Five, six wins and essentially irrelevant. Pay that man. Okay, Mr. Burkhart, you need to lay off the medications, but that's beside the point. Burkhart says that it's now up to Arizona to get a deal done, adding that Kyler remains hopeful that the organization chooses to commit so that he can continue leading the Cardinals to further success. In his last three seasons, Kyler was Rookie of the Year and made two Pro Bowls, but this season was the first time the Cardinals made the playoffs with him. Here's what I think in totality with this whole situation. Kyler Murray has gotten better and better and better as the seasons go on, and you can see it clear as day. But the one thing that I have the issue with is that what's all going on behind the scenes, right? Because quite frankly, if it's if it's me, I'm not paying Kyler Murray Dak Prescott money. I'm not paying him $75 million a year. You know what I mean? That's not happening. What I will go ahead and do is I'll give you I'll give you about $40 million. That much I'll give you. You know, I'm making sure that I'm keeping my assets in order when everything is said and done, right? I'm making sure that everything is all lined up for me, myself, and I, as well as my organization. You need weapons? Well, take the cut so this way I can get you those weapons, right? So, all in all, Kyler's a very good quarterback. But I don't think that he's worth top quarterback money, $75 million a year, blah, 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 all that, all that fun stuff. Excuse me. I do think that if this doesn't get taken care of, you will see Kyler Murray in a different uniform other than the Cardinals red. And, you know, it's funny because you've got a lot of options that you can go ahead and go with. Tampa Bay needs a quarterback. Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. Denver needs a quarterback. You know, it's it's things like that that go ahead and make it very intriguing. And I think that if they go ahead and 
Can you man imagine Kyler Murray in that Denver Broncos uniform? And on top of that, imagine the Denver Broncos with Kyler Murray. I think that they would be a Super Bowl favorite. Granted, they are in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Derek Carr, but that's beside the point. Point is, is that Kyler Murray needs to make sure that he has his priorities in order, and it sounds like he does. But at the end of the day, we will see what happens with that. But now, next we are going to shift over to a certain quarterback in Cleveland. And that situation that's going on with him and what Mary Cabot is saying the Browns are going to be doing in the offseason next. Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, it's something that, you know, we go ahead and we discuss all the time, right? All the time, at least over here. And and the thing is, is that I, I've said it before, I want to see Baker succeed. I want to see him do well. Um, because I do, I do genuinely think that Baker Mayfield can and will be a starting quarterback for the National Football League, and I think that he's he is a starter. He's not a backup. That's that's my honest belief. He's got the tangibles to go ahead and be a starter. He's got the moxie, all that stuff, and flat out Baker wants to win, and he has the drive to do so. So. Mary Cabot, she's somebody who's in the Browns organization, has been reporting for them for multiple number of years, has the ins and outs. The Cleveland Browns went ahead and are basically looking at the quarterback market for the 2022 season. Now, that does not mean that Baker Mayfield is not the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. That's obviously an option for them. What the what the Browns are going ahead and saying is that we understand what we have here. We understand the level of talent that we have and the aspirations to go ahead and get to a Super Bowl, of course. But here's what else the Cleveland Browns are saying, at least to me. This is what I believe that they're saying. They are saying... We know we can win games with Baker Mayfield. We know this. But we don't think that Baker Mayfield can get us to a Super Bowl. That's what I think they're saying. And again, I like Baker Mayfield. I think Baker is going to succeed this upcoming season, especially if they get – London Drake, I think I think that if they get him, it's game over. I really do believe that. But I do think that if you are a Cleveland Browns fan, this is exciting for you because you have the potential to land a Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. You have the potential to maybe land Kyler Murray if Kyler Murray ever does become available. I mean, you got a whole bunch of things here that, you know, may go ahead and have your attention as far as everything. Who knows? Maybe even, I don't know if Jimmy G would necessarily be an upgrade, but, um, you know, it just makes things very interesting. When it comes down to it, the Baker Mayfield experience or whatever, uh, 
it's definitely had its ups and downs. Baker has trended in the right direction with the exception of this past season when he took a step back. But again, I blame that on injury. They go ahead and they always bring up the 2020 season that Baker Mayfield had and how special that was and amazing and blah, 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 all that stuff. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, again, it's it's just one of those things of like, he can he he will do well i feel like wherever he ends up i think that if he goes if he starts fresh i i think that they go ahead and you know whatever team he may go to could be a, a good fit so i think that you know at the end of the day baker having 3010 yards passing uh, through 17 touchdowns, unfortunately, his QBR was 34.9, which was one of the lowest in the NFL. Baker Mayfield, he's he he can he can win you football games, but can he sustain you um, as far as everything uh, as far as everything goes? Can he go ahead and finally get over the hump? He had the opportunity. I think their best opportunity was the 2020 season. I really do believe that. And the reason I say that is because they they were in prime position to go on to the AFC Championship game. And if I'm being quite honest with you, I think they make it to the Super Bowl if they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I, I do believe that they would be in line with a Super Bowl, um, which they would go ahead and then face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um which we uh, we would all know how that would probably turn out. It would be a closer game than I think the Chiefs game would be. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that uh, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you should be excited by this 100%. Now, if you're a Baker Mayfield fan, you may be a little ticked off at this because of all that uh, all that's going on. But at the end of the day, you should also want uh, potentially a new start for Baker and then go ahead and have him uh, turn a franchise into a winning franchise so you can go ahead and say, see, this is what you were missing out on. This is this is what uh, you get for not going ahead and believing in this guy. So all in all, the Browns potentially looking at somebody other than Baker Mayfield. Will Baker stay? Will he leave? Only time will tell in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. Here's something we should go ahead and talk about. Who who is going to be the quarterback for which team next season? Now, if you go ahead and you look at it, these are my opinions at least. There are 12 teams that kind of have question marks around them, and we'll go down them one by one, um, of course, to go ahead and see what we all think at the end of the day. So without further ado, let's get started. Let's look at the Cleveland Browns and who could the starting quarterback be for the Cleveland Browns? The starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, when all is said and done, should be Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, like I said in the last segment, 3,010 yards, 17 touchdowns. The only reason I go ahead and I say that it was a it was a rough season was because of the shoulder injury. I think he becomes a lot better. And on top of that, I think that you ride it out with Baker for a year. If he doesn't improve, at worst, you go ahead and you go into free agency. You get somebody 
um, who could go ahead and be better than what Baker Mayfield brings to the table for the Cleveland Browns. At the second spot or the second team we're going to go ahead and talk about is the Seahawks. Who will be the Seahawks quarterback at the uh, at the start of the season? Who else could it be other than Russell Wilson? Look, it, it would be foolish to go ahead and have Russ or have the Seahawks start over. They're not going to let him go. He's a top he's a top ten quarterback in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. Russell Wilson is you know he had a down year the last year, but at the beginning at the end of last year he started to heat up. They did go seven and ten that uh, um, last season. They started to go ahead and look like the Seattle Seahawks, and Russ started to cook. You know, we always go ahead and say, say let Russ cook. Well, I think that if you let Russ go, he's gonna he's gonna cook you. That's just it. Um, you know, I don't know what uh, what happens with it, but you know, we'll we'll kind of see uh, we'll kind of see where it goes from here. Now. Pittsburgh is something that is very interesting, right? Regardless of what uh, of what's going on, and I, I've been hearing—well, I haven't been hearing personally. I've been reading that the Pittsburgh Steelers are very interested in the kid from Pitt, Kenny Pickett. I think that it would be very interesting to see if Pickett goes ahead and runs with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that Carson Wentz will be the guy. Um Carson Wentz will be the guy to uh run it with the Steelers. Carson Wentz is not a bad option. He's not. He's you know, he's got the demons and stuff like that, but you know, Carson Wentz would be an interesting option and the reason why Kenny Pickett would be another good option is cuz well, number 1, he's from Pitt. So he can embrace the culture down there as well. And on top of that, you know, Kenny Pickett, again, the the thing is, is that he would be a big step up as opposed to a Mason Rudolph or even um, Dwayne Haskins. So, I mean, you, you go ahead and you look at that and you, uh, you have some options there as well um, to go ahead and see what the Pittsburgh Steelers can do. Um, the Colts, this is, I have this guy slated for two different spots, personally, two different spots, because I think he could work. Um, former quarterback from the Chicago Bears, Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky, he, there's a lot of guys in the league that think that Trubisky's a starter. There are a lot of them that think he's a starter. He made it to the playoffs three, um, three out of the four years that he was with the Chicago Bears. Um, ended up, he's got a winning record with the Chicago Bears. He is the, you know, he, he's one of those guys that I think that he can lead. And it's unfortunate what ended up happening in Chicago. And I think that he uh, was coached poorly in Chicago. It just never worked. But the Colts, you know, they, they got some pieces that uh, Mitch Trubisky could work with. And that would be interesting. The New York Giants, it's, you know, they have questions at quarterback 100%. I don't think they move off of Daniel Jones. He's He's a guy. That's pretty much what I can go ahead and tell you. He's a guy. It is what it is. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, the Denver Broncos. Again, I told you Carson Wentz was one of the guys that I had slated in there. But I also think that Mitch Trubisky could do well for the Denver Broncos as well. I think that he could uh, elevate that team. I mean, the Den- the Denver Broncos are at least a good quarterback away from going ahead and making the playoffs at least. I think that uh, if you have Carson Wentz or Mitch Trubisky in there, you will see 
the Denver Broncos back in the playoffs. As far as the Philadelphia Eagles go, people have questions about that, and I really don't know why, but it's it's Jalen Hurts. I would give Jalen Hurts some more time. Jalen has played unbelievably well. He was good enough to get his team to the playoffs. Excuse me, and I think that we really need to look at that whole picture and say that Jalen Hurts can really make the difference for the Philadelphia Eagles, especially with the pieces that they have. They need to work on the offensive line a little bit, and they also need to go ahead and get a better defense. But I think that Jalen Hurts stays with the Eagles. Taysom Hill will stay with the New Orleans Saints, I think. I don't believe that the Jameis Winston experience um, happens in New Orleans anymore. I think that you're going to go ahead and see the new head coach um, try and trade Jameis Winston or no, because Jameis's contract is up. So I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to move up in the draft, maybe take a second quarterback. Um, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who better to replace Tom Brady than Brady's former replacement? <laughs> Imagine Jimmy G going into the, uh, the Tampa Bay locker room. Look, Jimmy G, he is, 21 and seven as a, uh, as a starter in this league. And that's not an easy feat. You know, that's not an easy feat. The only problem is, is it becomes reliability. Can Jimmy G go ahead and be relied on? That's the main thing. Um, I don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate, but Jimmy G did look good. He looked good enough to get the San Francisco 49ers to uh, the NFC championship game. So we'll see with that. Speaking of San Francisco, they're going to rock out with Trey Lance. There's no doubt about it. Trey Lance, you know, the guys are saying that Trey Lance isn't ready to go. You know, they still need more time, whatever. You know, regardless, you have to go ahead and start playing him. He's he's one of those guys that you go ahead and you look at it. And, uh, you know, Trey, he, he's got it. He's got to move. He's got to move now because if if you do not get him going now, you're running the big risk of going ahead and having him fall flat on his face, you need to get him the experience that you possibly, uh, as much experience as you possibly can, because in this league, uh, the less experience you have, the more you're going to hurt, is what it comes down to. The Washington Commanders, they need somebody, because I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is it. I could go ahead and say stick with Taylor Heineke, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do end up taking Kenny Pickett as well. You know... Kenny Pickett, he's he, I like I like him. I think he's got good intangibles, and I've gone ahead and heard some people compare him to Derek Carr, which is not a bad which is not a bad comparison at all. But I just think that you know I talked about it prior. He he's got some things where you go ahead and you look at him and you look and say, why did it take you five years? to pop over at Pitt with a terrible division or a below average division, at least that means that his ceiling is pretty low. And that kind of concerns me a little bit. Now the green Bay Packers, obviously they have questions at quarterback. There's no doubt in my mind. And I've heard a lot of people say that there's no way he stays, but I think he does. Aaron Rodgers goes ahead and stays in green Bay. It's his best chance to win a super bowl. I mean, realistically look at who he has to run through. He has to run through the Rams, which just got done winning the Super Bowl, and then maybe the San Francisco 49ers because that's his Achilles heel. Other than that, he's essentially guaranteed a spot in the NFC Championship game if he goes ahead and plays the brand of football that I know that Aaron can play. 
So when you go ahead and you look at that, I mean, it, it, again, I'll run through it. The Browns, Baker Mayfield will be the starter. Seahawks, Russell Wilson. Steelers, um, you know, Jimmy G, Kenny Pickett, um, even maybe Mitch Trubisky even. I don't know. Um, the Colts, Carson Wentz or Mitch Trubisky. Daniel Jones um, will be the starter for the New York Giants. For the Broncos, again, Mitch Trubisky or uh, Carson Wentz will work in that system. Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Taysom Hill will be the starter quarterback for the Saints. Uh, Jimmy G would be the starter for the Buccaneers. Um, Trey Lance starting for the Niners. You know, you go ahead and you have Kenny Pickett or Taylor Heineke at the helm for the Washington Commanders. And then Aaron Rodgers goes ahead and stays in Green Bay to try and get himself a second Super Bowl win. Let's start talking NBA basketball, right? Let's talk about the team that won the championship last year, actually, to be more specific. The Milwaukee Bucks, after their big win last night over the Miami Heat. Currently, the Bucks lead the series. I believe they lead the series. No, they're tied with the Heat in their series, uh, in their regular season series at two games apiece. So out of four, two and two, of course. Um, but last night's game was something, man, that was something special. So obviously Milwaukee seemed like they were just buried. No way of coming back with the barrage of three-point shots that the Heat were draining. Milwaukee still managed to have that championship mentality and still managed to never truly give up hope, and they went ahead and pulled off one of the most amazing comebacks of the season. Drew Holiday was the hero last night, baking in a driving layup with 1.9 seconds left, and the NBA defending champs ended up rallying from a 14-point deficit in the final six minutes to beat the Eastern Conference leading Miami Heat 120-119 to last night. So, Giannis had 28 points, 17 rebounds, 5 assists, and I mean, he ended up saying after, after this game, he said, obviously we've done this before. We did it against Boston. We were down 13 in the Christmas game with five minutes left. Came back and won that game. So it was a win that the Bucks absolutely needed as they enter into their toughest stretch of the year, right? So they now visit the Chicago Bulls next, who currently have the division lead in the Central in the Central Division, and then host the Phoenix Suns, who lead the entire Western Conference as well as the entire NBA. Um, Drew Holiday had 25 points on 11, 11 assists last night, and the Bucks even outscored Miami 21-6 to down the stretch to snap the Miami Heat four-game win streak that they had. Miami shot 21-44 from three-point range and led 119-116 to 116 and had the ball with less than 20 seconds left before disaster struck. So Milwaukee's winning flurry started with a Bobby Portis steal that led to a three-pointer from Middleton, 
and that got Milwaukee within one. Now in the ensuing bounce and the ensuing inbounds pass. Oh, poor Jimmy Butler. He ended up forcing a jump ball against Giannis. Now, obviously, you're not going to win that win that battle, right? The Heat believed that Giannis made enough contact on the play to warrant a foul, but they never got it, right? Eric Spolster went ahead and said after that call, he said, I'm not going to go on a big rant about the officiating and all that. I'm just shocked. I'm shocked that wasn't a foul on Jimmy as we were trying to inbound the ball. We certainly had some other opportunities to be able to close out the game, particularly when we were up by four, but that's just the way it goes. Now Giannis obviously won that tip, got it to Bobby Portis and the Bucks. They didn't call a timeout. Instead, Drew Holiday worked his way to the other end of the court and made the winning layup basket. Right? Chris Middleton said he's so good at getting in the paint and creating and finishing, and he had 26 points on the night as well. The Heat, no timeouts left. Tyler Hero threw up a desperation three at the buzzer. A disappointing finish to a spectacular night from Tyler Hero, who had 30 points on 6 of 10 from beyond the arc. Gabe Vincent. From the Heat, 21 points. Bam Adebayo, 18. Duncan Robinson, 15. And Caleb Martin had 12. Bobby Portis also scored 15 on Milwaukee, by the way. Miami appeared to have this game in hand when it took a 113-99 lead on a 9-0 run that also had two three-pointers from Vincent and Hero. But the Bucks would not go away. And finally got the victory in the closing seconds. Miami ended up playing its 35th road game uh, yesterday, which goes back to back or back on the road and faces the Nets, the number eight seed Nets on Thursday, which being today. Um, the Heat also had played the most road games out of all the NBA teams. And after the trip to Brooklyn, they'll be heading home for 11 of their next 12. Kyle Lowry ended up missing his second straight game due to personal reasons. Mike Budenholzer ended up getting his 200th win as a Bucks head coach. And he now owns a 290 record in four seasons with Milwaukee and his 413 and 287 in nine seasons overall. Again, the Heat end up visiting the next the Nets, and they are two and zero currently against Brooklyn, especially after winning 106 to 93 in Brooklyn on the 27th of October and then 115 to 111 in Miami on the 12th of February. Again, Milwaukee goes and visits Chicago on Friday, being tomorrow. First road game since the 10th of February. The previous matchup this season, the Bucks ended up beating the Bulls 94 to 90 in Milwaukee on the 21st of January. I told you guys, this team, this Milwaukee team is dangerous. I picked them to go ahead and repeat as champions. We will go ahead and see how they do from there. But until then, it'll be very fun to see what they do in the coming weeks, right? Um, Hopefully, all ends up going well. But we will see what happens with that. You know, it'll, it'll be fun. I, I am very excited for this Milwaukee Bucks uh, Bulls game tomorrow night as well because 
I like both teams. I root for both teams, and this is going to be a fun one tomorrow night. Go Bulls, go Bucks. Regardless of who wins, I'm going to be a happy camper. Let's do the thing. Let's stay in Milwaukee. And this time we're going to discuss the biggest game for the college season when it came to the Big Ten Conference. And that was the game against the Purdue Boilermakers and the Wisconsin Badgers for the Big Ten Championship. So, Chucky Hepburn, freshman, decided to keep a straight face when he said that he knew that a three-point shot, basically from the corner, that was close to the corner, uh, was going to go ahead and hit as soon as he took that shot, right? He banked a tie-breaking three-pointer with 1.5 seconds left and gave Wisconsin the 70-67 victory over Purdue on Tuesday, on Tuesday night. The Badgers have a lot of reasons to smile right now. Not only do they essentially punch their ticket to the NCAA championship game, which I thought they would have gotten in anyway, the Badgers won five straight and now hold their 20th Big Ten regular season title. And, of course, the victory Sunday at home against Nebraska gave the Badgers their first outright conference title since 2015. And throughout the Surprising season, Wisconsin was facing a lot of criticism, right? And even at the beginning of the season, they went ahead and they heard that, you know, they weren't good enough. They were projected to be the 10th best team in the Big Ten. Look at how that one turned out, right? Each of Wisconsin's last two baskets during the game came on bank shots. Johnny Davis who was a guard for the Wisconsin Badgers, ended up banking in a jumper just inside the three-point line to bring Wisconsin's lead to 67-64 with 25 seconds left on uh, that one. So after Wisconsin's Brad Davidson Davidson missed the front end of a one-on-one opportunity with Purdue's Jaden Ivey, He tied the game by sinking a three-pointer with 8.9 seconds left. And the Badgers ended up getting the ball to Hepburn, who ended up firing the game-winning shot in front of the Badger bench. He ended up celebrating by running toward the student section on the opposite end of the floor, arms outstretched, ended up finishing the night with a career-high 17 points. Now, Purdue tried to set up a desperation three attempt and Wisconsin's Tyler Well ended up intercepting Travion Williams' inbound pass. And Wall ended up throwing the ball up in the air as the horn sounded, and Wisconsin students stormed the court. And that student section created a rambunctious environment for the rest of the night, essentially. All season long, Wisconsin had to figure out how they were going to make winning plays when the game was on the line. And they won each of the last 15. 15 times they've played a game that was decided by six points or fewer. Wisconsin's only lost in those type of games ended up coming against number 11 Providence on the 15th of November. And the final score to that was 63 to 58. 
when a lower body injury prevented Davis from playing. So the Badgers also completed their first regular season sweep of Purdue. Right? That's awesome. Since 2014. And the Badgers won 74-69 to against Purdue on the 3rd of January. And they've now won each of the last 15 times they've played a game that was decided by six points or fewer, as previously mentioned. It's it's awesome to see. Now, Wall ended up scoring 19 points for the Badgers. Davis had 16 and 8 rebounds. Ivy from Purdue had 22. Zach Ede ended up having 17. And Sasha Stefanik, or Stefanovic, holy cow, added 11 points for Purdue when they lost their second straight game. Ivy and Edie, they ended up combining to score Purdue's last 28 points. So in the big picture, Ivy and Ede, they were obviously spectacular going down the stretch, and they didn't get the help that they ended up needing. Purdue ended up going 11 of 20 on free throw attempts, and Ivy personally went 3 of 9. Now for Wisconsin, Hepburn is only a freshman, but he showed that he has the capability to lead the Badgers on a deep postseason run to the point where I think that they can make even the Elite Eight if all the cards align. So with the poll implications now, if Wisconsin ends up following up the win with a win over Nebraska, Badgers move up a few spots and even crack the top five for the the tournament. Purdue is at risk, however, of falling out of the top ten for the first time all season. And the Boilermakers have been in the top 10 for 17 straight weeks, which is the longest in the program's history. Wisconsin's got a special team this year, man. And I don't know. I don't know what happens with them uh, down the stretch. But this is this is going to be a team that you really, really, really need to watch out for. And if I'm any other team, I'd be scared to be facing a Badgers team, especially when everything is lined up. The Badgers... I think they beat Nebraska on Sunday. We'll see what happens with it. But I'm excited. Go Badgers. Here we go. Onwards to the tournament. Everyone is always so curious about the NFL draft. Because we always are curious who who our teams are going to take, right? And I went ahead and I talked about that on Tuesday. But when we go ahead and we look at quarterbacks, especially this year, quarterbacks can make or break a franchise. And this year you hear a lot about Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett. Excuse me. But there may be another guy that you may or may not have heard of. And that's Liberty Flames quarterback Malik Willis. And he believes he should be the first quarterback to be taken off the board. And he admitted that it's not exactly up to him, but he even said, I don't make those decisions. And then he ended up saying afterward that I would hate if I went ahead and didn't get drafted the first quarterback off the board, you know. He's 22 years old and could definitely be a franchise quarterback Um, in the NFL. However, he's obviously got some things to work on, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But they ended up 
asking him in his 15 minute media interview. And apparently, you know, they, they talked with them and he exuded a bunch of confidence through his, through his media uh, day. He showed that he had relaxed demeanor and a great sense of humor. He ended up getting asked who he studied and modeled his game after. And he even said that it was Michael Vick, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees, but said that he didn't really watch much of the sport that he's excelling at currently. He said, I didn't even watch football like that until high school. And to be honest with you, it was kind of boring. So when did it stop getting boring for Malik, right? Well, he said, when I started, <laughs> when I started getting better at it. And although he's expected to be one of the first quarterbacks selected um, due to his mobility and his arm strength, he is very much, very much so docked down as far as points go when it comes to his inaccuracy. Posted a 61.1 completion percentage in 2021. But he's not faced by that criticism. End up going ahead and saying stuff like, you know, hey, do you remember that guy from Buffalo? Um, That number 17 guy that plays the quarterback position, that Josh Allen, yeah, he kind of did the same thing as well and look how he turned out he ended up saying somebody's always going to think that you're trash and that's just the way it goes it is what it is and I'm just going to keep going on going and I'm not playing for anybody's approval so he also added that he's working on improving his accuracy ahead of the draft by working on his footwork lower body alignment and such with a throwing motion He threw for 2,857 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Ended up rushing for 878 yards, 13 rushing touchdowns, and a second season in Liberty. Ended up transferring from Auburn. And he even admitted that he thought his NFL hopes were over after he had left Auburn, right? Instead, he ended up flourishing in Hugh Freeze's offense. He threw for 2,250 yards, 20 touchdowns, 6 picks. 944 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns on the ground in 2020. He even said, I thought I was done. I thought I was going to have to go have fun and play my last two or three years, but I'm here now and I'm happy, right? He ended up getting mocked to slide into the Pittsburgh Steelers um, position to be drafted. And one team that he's met with is the Indianapolis Colts. Um, And Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert also declined to talk specifically about uh, Malik Willis, citing a long-standing tradition of not discussing individual prospects uh, when it comes to the draft. So in some of the meetings with the teams, Willis has spent some time drawing plays for the team, interviewing him, and uh, Liberty's concepts as well. Something that could be kind of nerve-wracking was actually quite natural for him going ahead and saying that he feels really good about explaining the plays and he felt good about understanding the game as well. Malik Willis is a guy that you go ahead and you look at. He he's going to be a star, man. He's if he can get that accuracy, right. That's it's a, it's a dangerous guy. He's one of those, uh, he's going to kind of be one of those dark horse picks that, uh, excuse me, you go ahead and you look at a little on down the road. And you say to yourself, holy cow, this, this kid is, this kid is something. He, he is nothing to scoff at, but we'll see when draft day comes. I wouldn't be surprised if he's taken the first pick uh, when it comes to the quarterbacks, but we will see from there.
Alrighty, with that said, that is the podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to subscribe. Make sure you hit the notification bell so you never miss another episode. Enjoy your Thursday. I will see you next week for some more sports talk. Also, a quick little uh, tidbit for you guys. I am going to be having my first guest in the coming weeks, mainly when we get closer to WrestleMania, the week of WrestleMania to be specific, I will have my first special guest. And if I'm being honest with you, I could not be more excited to have them on. So with that being said, enjoy your Thursday. Have a good one, a great rest of your weekend. And as always, I will see you on the other side. Thank mm-hmm. you.